Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Come on tonight, dealing with superheroes. So let's go to Genesis chapter one. And so the subtitle I create for this is Your Spiritual Warfare Perspective Pep Talk. Because last, last Wednesday, we talked about having the right perspective. And then when we get to spiritual warfare and talk about it, sometimes people get kind of squirrely and they get kind of nervous. And they have this mentality that's unscriptural. And so when they approach spiritual warfare, they're setting themselves up to be defeated. They're setting themselves up to be overwhelmed. And they're setting themselves up to be ineffective. And so tonight, we'll give you a pep talk so that when we go through these topics on Wednesdays going forward, you are ready and you know how to engage and you know how to walk in the victory that God has made available to you. So Genesis chapter 1, let's do some review, starting with verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Go ahead and put it in the chat. Say out loud. Say have dominion. Come on, say out loud. Put it in the chat. Say have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Come on, say subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That phrase, have dominion, as we shared before, means to rule, and it means to subjugate. That phrase, have dominion, means to rule, and it means to subjugate. That word rule means to exercise ultimate power and authority over that word rule means to exercise ultimate power and authority over. That word subjugate means to bring under domination or control. The word subjugate means to bring under domination or control. That word subdue means to bring into subjection and keep under. Once again, the word subdue means to bring into subjection and keep under. I was looking at Genesis 2.15. Once again, we're reviewing and of course, when it's way more detail and previous experience, you'll find all of these messages on our Faith Plus app and our YouTube channel. Genesis 2, verse 15 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. We said that word tend means to cultivate and work. And we dived into that word on a Sunday a few Sundays ago. And the word keep means to guard and to care for. We talked about that a couple of Wednesdays ago. So the word tend means to cultivate and it means to work with. The word keep means to guard and to care. We made the statement before and I'll repeat it. The original assignment was to cultivate and guard what they had been given and to expand their dominion over the entire planet. They were given dominion over the ground itself and all of the things in the air as well. If you do not operate in your dominion in your original assignment, you will not be able to expand in the areas of your dominion. Your authority is not random. It is connected to your assignment. Your assignment has expansion potential. However, you must use your authority and cultivate and guard what you've been given. And so these are the four areas we said that you need to do. You must rule. Come on, say you must rule. You must subjugate. You must cultivate. And you must guard. One more time, say it out loud, put it in the chat, put it in your notes. You must rule. You must subjugate. You must cultivate. And you must guard. Come on, bonus time. One more time. Say you must rule. 
you must subjugate, you must cultivate, and you must guard. You're able to do all of these things through the authority that has been delegated to you. In the same way Adam was given authority, as we covered in this series, you have been given authority by Jesus. You've been delegated authority by our Lord and Savior, Jesus. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, continuing to make sure we have the right perspective as we talk about spiritual warfare and dealing with supervillains. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above. Come on, say it out loud, put it in the chat. Say far above. Come on, say it out loud, put it in the chat. Far above. It ain't even close. Come on, say it with me. Say far above. All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things. Come on, say all. Say that out loud, put it in the chat. Say all. He has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let's skip down to chapter two. We're driving this perspective point on that we talked about so much last week. Ephesians chapter two, verse four through six this time. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, means he's abundant, overflowing in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and has raised us up together. Come on, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say it together. Come on, pause right here. Say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say together. Has raised us up together and made us sit together. There we go again, together. In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So one of the things we see it two different ways in Ephesians chapter one and chapter two, that he put all things under his feet. And then it says, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all and all. So the feet are part of the body. So not only did God put these things under Jesus, he put them under the body of Christ. And if you name the name of Jesus, if you are saved, you've accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you're following after him, you're part of the body of Christ. God put these things under your feet as well. He gave you dominion over these things. And then Paul repeats it and it says it a different way in Ephesians 2, that God raised us up together and made us sit together at the right hand. At his right hand is a place of privilege. It's a place of honor. It's a place of influence, a place of authority. That's where you have been seated in Christ Jesus. You have authority. We talked about that in detail last week, helping you maintain the right perspective, that you don't lose the perspective because everything that's going on in life and the situation in this world, this is where you're seated and this is where your authority flows from. Now let's go to Colossians chapter two, something I've taught you before, I believe I mentioned it over the last few weeks, that when Paul was writing the book of Ephesians, he also at the same time wrote the book of Colossians and then the book or the letter to Philemon. And so when you want to see what the Holy Ghost is really dealing with Paul during that time, you can read all three books together and they help explain each other and they inform and you have a greater understanding of what the Holy Ghost is communicating. And so we go to Colossians chapter two, we'll look at verse 13. Remember, we're helping you maintain the right perspective when it concerns spiritual warfare and that you have the right mindset. This is your pep talk. Because some of you have been feeling kind of defeated and you've been saying, well, the devil's been doing this. The devil's been busy. The devil's been doing that. You give way more attention to the devil than you should. And But we're going to look at some things tonight so you can keep the right perspective and experience the victory that's made available to you in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2, 13 through 15, and it says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, 
he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed, the King James is spoiled, the new King James says disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So notice two things. We're going to come back to these things I want you to notice. He disarmed them, and he triumphed over them. He disarmed them, and he triumphed over them. The Amplified Version says it like this. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. I'll read that again. The Amplified Version says it this way. When he, talking about Jesus, had disarmed the rulers and authorities, the supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. So some of the things I want you to notice is your enemy has been disarmed. All the things that he had before, he doesn't have anymore. Jesus disarmed him. And then Jesus triumphed over them. Go with me to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic Edition. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. The latter part of the verse says, the reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. Notice again, the reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. And so, you know, the King James says that he was manifested might destroy the works of the devil. And when we think about the word destroy, we think about obliterating that it doesn't exist anymore. But that's not what the word destroy means. And the Amplified Classic is trying to amplify its meaning so that you get it. It means to loosen, and it means to dissolve. So if it's loose, if it's loosened, you can break free of it. If it's loosened, you can shake it off. And so Jesus disarmed the devil. And then he loosed and dissolved his works. Notice that Jesus disarmed the devil and he loosed and dissolved and began to undo his works. Go with Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. You can see this a little bit more clear. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death, we're talking about Jesus' death on the cross. He might destroy him, it's a different word destroyer, who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. The New Living Translation says it this way. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could die, because only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Notice that phraseology, break the power of the devil. The Amplified Classic Edition says it this way. Therefore, since these his children share in flesh and blood, the physical nature of mankind, he himself in a similar manner also shared in the same physical nature, but without sin, so that through experiencing death, he might make powerless, ineffective, impotent, him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Notice, 
One translation says to break the power. Notice one says destroy. And this other translation says make him powerless. What does that word powerless mean? Where he doesn't have any power? No. Ineffective and impotent. He, the devil can't do what he could do before Jesus came. He doesn't have that same power. He doesn't have that same authority. But one of the things we still see here is here's how he enslaved mankind. Through the fear of death. And Jesus came to release you from that fear, to release you from the devil's hold, to break the power of the enemy. Now, you hear me talk all the time about fear now because the Bible says it 365 times. We're talking about how the love of God, the grown-up, mature belief in the love of God, fleshes fear out of you. When we talk about those things, why is that so important? Fear is not healthy. You know, some people say, well, a little fear is healthy. No. When you operate and make decisions by fear, and I'm not talking about fright that someone snuck up behind you and said, boo, and you were frightened. No, there's different levels of fear I've talked about before, and I'll go over it again, but there's levels of fear. There's fear where it is your guiding force in decisions, where you will do certain things or don't do certain things, or you won't obey God because you are afraid, and that's more than fright. It's more than you getting goosebumps in your arms. It is your decision-making process, and through fear and different forms of fear, Satan keeps mankind as slaves. And that's how they give them dominion over them. They're afraid of death. And Satan still operates in fear. He is a spirit of fear. That's how he maintains his position through fear. He also, we won't get into tonight, maintains his position in people's lives through deception, through manipulation, through distraction. Because he doesn't have the same power and authority that he used to have. But he has fear. He has deception. And he has manipulation. And so the only thing he has left, when you look at those things, you see the five strategies. He's this for us in Mark chapter 4. That he uses those things and makes himself appear more powerful than he is. Yes, he still has power. Yes, he still has authority. But he doesn't have what he did before. And if you walk with Jesus and you operate by these principles we've been teaching you, and you continue operating in those things, you'll see what he has, his power, his authority will be rendered ineffective in your life. He'll be rendered impotent in your life. He won't be able to do the things he wants to do because you're doing what the scripture says. You submit it to God. You resist the devil and he flees from you. That word flee means to run and start terror the opposite direction. It's because he doesn't have what he used to be. Remember what Peter says, that he roams about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Two things you see there. There are some he can devour and there's some he cannot devour because he's seeking whom he may devour. But also, notice as, as a roaring lion, he's not. He wants to make you think he is through his deception and manipulation. And so he's hiding behind the rock, making this loud roar to make you think it's a loud roar. But that's not who he is. He's making you think he's more than he is. That's what the enemy loves to do. He is pride personified. That's what he's doing. But the thing is, you have to realize what Jesus has done for you. It's part of your pep talk tonight. To realize what Jesus has done for you. The victory he's given you. That the person you're fighting is a defeated foe. A disarmed foe. A foe that if you stick with your Lord, it will be continually rendered ineffective and impotent in your life. Yes, he'll form weapons and they will fire. But guess what? They won't prosper. Let's keep going. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. I want to remind you of some things as we get into the series this Wednesday, on these next few Wednesday nights. I want to remind you of a few things. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. 
It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who are the them here? Well, when you read chapter four, verses one through three, it's talking about demonic spirits, spirits of antichrist, demonic spirits that are operating in the world today. And he said, you are of God, little children, and have overcome these demonic spirits, these spirits of antichrist. Why? How have you overcome them? Because greater is he who was in you than he who was in the world. I like to say it this way. It doesn't matter what you come up against, what circumstance, what challenge, what situation, what fight Satan brings your way. You are already greater than the challenge by association alone. Because the greater one lives on the inside of you, you're greater than whatever you face. I'll say it again. Because the greater one, the Holy Spirit himself, lives on the inside of you. You are greater than anything you will ever face in your life. So go ahead, say it with me, put in the chat, say by association, I've been made greater. Or say it this way, the greater one lives in me. So I overcome every challenge. Say the greater one lives in me. So I overcome every challenge. One more time, say the greater one lives in me. So I overcome every challenge. Praise God. Go with, to the next chapter, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. This is how we win. This is how we put into practice the victory Jesus gave us. Our faith. And where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's what we call tonight the pep talk, because as you hear these things, your faith will grow, and you put into practice the victory Jesus gave you, and you'll see victory in your life. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And it's not some of the world as the planet, it's some of the world's systems that are backed and infested by demonic forces. You overcome every single one of them through faith. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Notice what it says here. Now, thanks be to God, who always, one translation says, causes us to triumph. New King James says, always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And so the thing is, it doesn't matter what we come up against. We win. God always causes us to triumph. Come on, say it with me. Say, God always causes us to triumph. Come on, say it out loud. Put it in the chat. Say, God always causes us to triumph. Come on, say it out loud. Put it in the chat. Say, God always causes us to triumph. We have the victory. And one of the things that's important when you think about spiritual warfare and dealing with supervillains is that you're not fighting to get the victory. You're fighting from the place of victory. You're fighting maintaining your victory. You're fighting enforcing your victory. You are fighting the good fight of faith. It's not a good fight unless you win. You're fighting the good fight of faith where your victory is assured. But you need to have the mentality that Jesus already given you the victory. You have the mentality that's already done. That although you're enduring, although you may be suffering, although these things are going on, you know the end of the story. You know you have the victory. You know you're on the winning side. You know you're seated at God's right hand in Christ Jesus. You know you've been granted dominion. You know that you have authority. You know the enemy has been defeated. You know the enemy has been dis- 
arm. You know the enemy has been rendered ineffective. And it doesn't matter what weapon he has formed against you, you know it will not prosper. When you have that mentality, you can take on the challenge and know that you are going to win. So back to this verse. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph or causes us to triumph is the same Greek phrase as Colossians 2.15, which we looked at at the beginning of this message. Let's look at it once again as we begin to close. Colossians 2.15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So what is this telling us here? That he always leads us in triumph. He always causes us to triumph. The triumph that's available to you in your life today is the same victory, the same triumph Jesus did through his death, through his burial, through his disarming of principalities and powers of hell, and through his resurrection. That same victory that he accomplished Holy Weekend, that same triumph, where he was lifted far above all principality power. That same triumph, that same victory is yours. No, it's yours. You may be facing a challenge right now, a situation, it's tough. I'm not belittling your challenge. I'm not belittling what you're going through, what you've experienced, but I'm saying the victory that's available to you, that's been granted to you in Jesus, is the same victory that Jesus exhibited on Holy Weekend through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection, through his disarming of principalities and powers. That same victory is what God wants you to walk in every single day of your life. Go with me to John 16. John 16. I'm to encourage you a little bit more before we close tonight. John 16. One translation says it this way. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. And in the world you will have tribulation or oppression. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Here's some other translations. The Amplified Classic Edition says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. Come on, peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take Courage. Come on tonight. Take courage. Be confident. Come on, get be confident. Certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for it. The New Living Translation says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you may you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The message version says this way. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable. Man, I love that, unshakable. And assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. Oh, praise God. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. Looking at verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, as we talked about a lot last year, victory is a gift. It's a gift you receive by faith. 
and victory is often given on the battlefields of life. And so it's engaging the challenge, engaging the enemy, and knowing that as you engage, God gives you the victory, that he causes you to win. He causes you to triumph. Verse 58, therefore, why? Because God gives you the victory through Jesus. Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The Amplified Classic Edition says it this way, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. The New Living Translation but thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Praise God. The message version says it this way. But now in a single victorious stroke of life, all three sin, guilt, debt are gone, the gift of our master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. With all this going for us, my dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. Praise God. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we'll start with verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Notice what it says. Doesn't matter what it is, it can't separate you from how much God loves you. Nothing is strong enough to do that. But notice what verse 37 says before that. Man, all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You won't say, I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Say, I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. One more time, say it out loud from the chat. Say, I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. The Amplified Classic doesn't says in these three verses, yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded beyond doubt and sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things impending or threatening or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The New Living Translation says, no, despite all these things, all these things you can list, all the challenges, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
one more translation, the message version. I'll read it to you like this. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Praise God. You're more than a comfort. So don't let your challenge face you. Don't let the attack of the enemy face you. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. And remember how much he loves you. As we talked about in the beginning of the message, that we, the love of God, flushes out fear. You know, I shared this recently on a broadcast I was on, telling them, I said, you know, everyone should do a fear flusher. Here's the way you do it. You meditate on the love of God. You meditate on how much he loves you. You sing songs about the love of God, even if those songs that you talked about when you were, you know, in children's church or kids' world, that Jesus loves me, this I know, or I have a love of God way down in my heart. You meditate on the love of God. You meditate on how much God loves you. Say throughout the day that God loves you. You say throughout the day, John 17, verse 23. We'll go there. We're close here. Go John 17, verse 23. This is the path to victory, living in victory and experiencing victory, the victory that Jesus made available for you. In this prayer, John 17, verse 23, Jesus praying. And he says, I am them and thou and me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and you have loved them as you love me. So I say this way, God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. As we close, say it with me and put it in the chat. Say it out loud, put it in the chat. Say, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. So I'll say it again, put it in the chat. Say it out loud. Say, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. One more time, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, God loves me as much as he loved Jesus. You see what happens when you meditate on the love of God and walk in the love of God and exhibit the love of God and think and meditate on the love of God. Fear loses us hope. And remember, he said, through fear, Satan is able to enslave mankind. But when fear is flushed out, the enemy can't hold on and do what he wants to do in your life. He may bring attacks, he may bring challenges, but when you know God has loved you, how much he loves you, those fear attacks won't work. Those panic attacks won't work. Because you're keeping your mind right. You're renewing your mind. Yes, you may think someone who struggle with anxiety. I'm not making light of that. Someone who struggle with panic attacks. But I want to let you know those panic attacks, that anxiety is not the rest of your life. It may be your current challenge. But as you follow the wisdom of God, as you lay hold to the love of God, and you do what you know to do in the natural and in the spiritual, as you embrace these things and walk those things, you'll see those panic attacks, those anxiety attacks disappear. And you live free from fear. You have the victory. Maintain your victory. Enforce your victory. Remember whose you are. And remember you've been granted authority and dominion in Christ Jesus. This is the mentality that I need you to keep as we go forward in the series. And part of the mentality we shared last week. That have the perspective of your life. No matter how big the challenge is. And it may be big. It may be daunting. But you be undaunted like we talked about today. And you remember, you see it far above, high above. If you would look down from that angle, that challenge will be small. Keep what you're facing in the right perspective because you're more than a conqueror through him that loves you. And because you believe in Jesus, you are an overcomer. Praise God. Say it with me. Say, I am more than a conqueror. And because I believe in Jesus, I overcome every situation and every challenge.
one more time, say, I am more than a conqueror. And because I believe in Jesus, I overcome every situation and every challenge. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. We thank you for this opportunity to go through your word together and be encouraged by the scriptures that we have the victory. So thank you for giving us the victory. Help us keep our mind right. Help us keep our perspective right. Because Father, we can do it through your help, through your strength, through your grace, through your wisdom and your ability. So we ask for those things and receive those things. Help us not just to be a hearer of this word, but to be a doer of this word. So we can be blessed in our doing as it says in the book of James. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And so be it. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast and then we have our daily devotional podcast which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember something good is going to happen to you today so expect miracles. God bless.